Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. To God alone be all of the praise and all of the worship. We thank you, Holy Father, for having brought us this far. We appreciate your workings in our lives. And as we come again to feast on your word, let me decrease while you increase. Bless us, O God, with life. Bless us with good health. Be with us and continue to share light on your word. In Jesus' name, I have prayed and call it done. Amen and Amen. Friend, we are in Easter week. This should be a week of sober reflection. Now, I don't know, but the whole wild world is agreeing that there is a higher power. All the nations of the world have come to that realization that someone is in control here on earth. It is my joy that we have a God who never fails. He is the creator of the universe. He holds all things together. And the Bible says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. So come with me. Come with me. God will shepherd us through every storm, through every strife, because we are his. We are going to look at the scriptures this morning. And we are going to study, once again, something that is very relevant to the Easter season. My topic for today is the voice of his blood the voice of his blood the first time the bible mentions blood the first mention of blood in the bible is found in the book of genesis chapter number four and the verse number 10 genesis chapter number four and the verse number 10 it reads and he said what hast thou done the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground and he said what hast thou done? The blood of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. Now this was God speaking to Cain after he murdered his brother. God told Cain that his brother's blood, Abel's blood, was crying to him. Now the questions we should be asking ourselves are these. Why should Abel's blood be crying to God? Number one. And secondly, what exactly was his blood saying? What exactly was his blood saying? But before we get into that, I want us to consider the verse again regarding what God said came from the blood. God said a voice came from the blood. Now that is very informative. A voice came from the blood. The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me. Can I suggest to somebody on the sound of my voice that human blood, human blood has a voice. In other words, the life of a human being is in his blood. Just a short digression makes us aware that we cannot take blood for granted. We can see how important it is in the medical field when hospitals run out of blood because there is life in the blood. 
And so we, we shouldn't take human blood for granted. We shouldn't take human blood for granted. We are considering the verse again. It says, The voice of your brother crieth unto me from the ground. Invariably, if Abel's blood has a voice, then every human blood has a voice. So again, the scripture warns us. In Genesis chapter number 9, the verse number 6, the scripture warns us. This is what the Bible says. Whoever sheds the blood of a man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. For God made man in his own image. So what exactly was the blood of Abel saying? Abel's blood cried for vengeance. He did not plead for forgiveness for his brother. And so when God responded, God immediately went into judgment over Cain. And he told Cain the things that were going to befall him. God had to honor the cry of Abel's blood. Now, so herein lies the uniqueness and the difference between the blood of Abel or the voice of the blood of Abel and the voice of the blood of Jesus. I don't want us to make that mistake because um, when we are it, especially when people do things that hurt us, we have the tendency to fall on the voice of the blood of Abel. And we call for judgment and we curse and we say all kinds of mean things. Whatever we say, God honors. Where God does not pick it up, demons can pick it up and work it out. And we may convince ourselves that it is God working. God is a God of principles. You might have heard me say that many times. But to bring clarity to this teaching, let me read some scriptures. And I'm saying that there is a unique difference or there's a difference between the voice of the blood of Abel and the voice of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, 22 and 24 reads, But you have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And so we go, especially men of God these days, cursing people in their congregations who have done something or said something wrong about them, and justify it, touch not my anointed. But Yes, I'm, I want the word of God to speak. So I'm going to take my time and go through the scriptures. Let us see the difference between the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. Between the voice of the blood of Abel and the voice of the blood of Jesus. So let me take it again. Hebrews 12, 24 says, And you have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. The word covenant there means agreement. So there is a paradigm shift no longer under the old covenant. Meaning we have moved away from the voice and demands of the blood of Abel. So you have come to the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So they are not the same. So whatever I do, whatever I say, I must clearly define where I stand and which principle I am applying. If it is not that which comes under the New Testament dispensation or new covenant, then it is not right. You see, while Abel's blood speaks vengeance and it was standard procedure for the old covenant saints, the blood of Jesus 
the blood of Jesus, which is where we stand, which is what rules and orders our lives, which is the redemptive power that has brought us into relationship with God, speaks a radically different language. Let's do some comparison here between the blood of Jesus and the blood of Abel. And I want to take my time and do this and do it with clarity. Number one difference. The old covenant which represents the blood of Abel or which shows us the voice of Abel's blood, the demands that that blood made was revenge. Let me take it again. The old covenant which represents the voice of Abel, Abel's blood, demands revenge. Somebody does something against you that is not right. You do exactly what he did to you. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Let me take Exodus 21 as an example. Exodus 21, 24, 25. Moses wrote to Israel, Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. That, is, that means no mercy. What somebody does to you, you do exactly the same to the person. That was old covenant principle and practice. That was the voice of the blood of Abel. No mercy. No forgiveness. But listen, we do some comparison. The voice of the blood of Jesus, which forms the basis and foundation of the new covenant under which we operate. Christians, I mean. Christians. No Jews who practice Judaism. Christians, the voice of the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And I'm going to show you some of the better things that the blood of Jesus speaks. And that will be what I will be ruling out this Easter season. At every given time that we remember our Messiah, we must make extra effort to open up for the Holy Spirit to conform us into His image. And I believe that this Easter season, God wants to take something out of us so he can fill us with something better. The kind of Abel spirit that cries for vengeance, always cursing people, wishing evil for people, demanding eye for eye, tooth for tooth, wound for wound and strife for strife is not for us. We are under a new covenant and the voice of the blood of Jesus is what must speak in our lives. So, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. What are some of those better things? I want you to take careful note. Number one, it speaks of forgiveness. No retaliation. No retaliation. I'm going to take the scriptures, Matthew 5, 38 to 48. Matthew 5, 38 to 48. It says, You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, this refers to the Old Testament principle that Moses gave to Israel. And this, we can easily see, aligned itself to the voice of the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel, which is symbolic of the Old Testament concept, is that somebody hurts your eye, you hurt him back. Remember the blood of Abel did not cry for mercy. It cried for vengeance. 
But Jesus made reference to this issue and said that, listen, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Then when we go into the next verse, Jesus Christ introduces a new concept. And this is where the New Testament or the New Covenant nailed it, put a stop to the operative power of the blood of Abel. You are listening to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. Listen to what Jesus said. Let me roll back to verse 38 and then we'll continue with 39 onwards. You have heard it said, or you have heard that it was said, English Standard Version, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, you see, something has been said, something has been practiced in the past. (laughs) Jesus said, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is Christianity. Jesus said, I am saying it to you. Now, he's, he's giving us another lifestyle. It's not imposing it on us. If you want to follow my Jesus, this is what he's saying. There's no argument about it because I am not the master. I am a disciple. I am a servant. The master says, this the way I want it to be done. I don't come to him and say, you know, but this, I mean, the way he did it to me, um, if, if I don't hit him back, I might look like a fool. Let me tell you what. If you read Paul's letter to to the church in Corinth, you find that there are a lot of instances where Paul speaks about us being fools for God's sake. For God's sake. If God says it and you must obey it, forget about what anyone says, forget about human opinion, and just submit and, and walk in what God says. It's not cheap to be a Christian. It's not easy. We might have faulted, but that doesn't give room for excuses. We always can come back to the Father, especially for us preachers who have been hurt and have said certain things, um, especially we have cursed, we have spoken ill of people. We must repent. We are not above the word. We are not above the Lord. And I'm saying today that this Easter season, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing us to the cross and asking us, to open up so God can take out of us those things that do not glorify him and fill us and mold us into the image of Jesus because that is the ultimate that God is looking at. So, Jesus said, But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone will sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Wow. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Christianity demands a lot. The blood of Jesus demands a lot from us. A lot of dying to self. And he says, if you cannot die to self, you cannot take your cross 
then you cannot be his disciple. Verse 33 says this, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Referring to the blood of Abel, Old Testament concept. He said, but I say to you, so you see Jesus Christ just a positioning the difference between what he stands for and what the blood of Abel stands for or the Old Testament stands for. So we clearly cannot be in the middle. As much as we learn certain principles that still apply in the New Testament dispensation, there are some things that Jesus Christ definitely nailed to the cross and canceled. And this is one of them. The hate, the revenge, the curse. He turned everything around. Now, not my word. Let me read. I'm reading Matthew 5. I'm in verse 43. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what they said in the Old Testament. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Tough, but not impossible. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. So you cannot claim to be a child of God under the New Testament if you cannot follow these principles and walk in them and practice them. Loving your enemies and praying for those who persecute you. There is no cursing of your enemies there. Mr. Preacher, there is no reason to curse. If God says, touch not my anointed, the principle still applies. Listen. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Leave vengeance in the hands of God. Because we are operating under the voice of the blood of the Lamb. And that voice is what he's speaking right now. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? I want you to know the word reward. There is a reward that we are going to get from Father God when we go to heaven. And this is where I want to re-emphasize and I want to call the attention of the peddlers of falsehood that we have been put on this head to make money and wealth and become popular and forget about heaven. You rather pursue the heavenly goal. Reward is waiting for you than making money here, becoming popular and being poor towards God, like the rich fool. It doesn't work out that way. We are here being prepared for heaven. And so Jesus speaks about reward. Reward. And because we know we're going to be rewarded, we are strengthened when we are persecuted, when people say all kinds of mean things about us. I'm not saying that this thing Jesus is saying is instructing us to do or the life is asking us to walk in. It's cheap and easy. The flesh will always fight back. Your mind will arrest you. I've been there many times. That's what I'm saying, what I'm saying. But by the grace of God, I've been careful not to curse. Not to curse. Just to keep my mouth shut. When I can't hold it any longer, I talk about it. I talk about what people have done that has hurt me. But I know where the border is. Jesus never said, don't talk about it. He said, pray for them. And so sometimes I tell God, this thing is hurting so much. I simply don't feel like praying for this guy. But because you say so, I pray for him. Even though it may be reluctantly, I have obeyed your word. And I urge you to follow suit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, verse 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And I want to call your attention once again to the fact that 
If you love those who don't deserve to be loved, God will reward you. Now, I want to explain something about this love. It doesn't mean that you relate to them the same way you relate to people who love you. No, it means you guard your heart against them. You cannot go and open up to somebody who clearly, clearly has displayed antagonism towards you, doesn't like you, say mean things about you. What the Bible is saying is you guard yourself, you guard your heart so that you don't allow hatred to fill your heart towards those people. And I know that God being our helper, we will win. God will never ask us to do something that is not prepared to help us to do. And so, verse 47, And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same. So you meet somebody who clearly hates you, have said mean things about you, as much as it depends on you, greet them. Now, if they don't respond, Jesus said, if you go somewhere and you are not accepted, you take back your greeting. So you don't just go on imposing yourself on the person. You go your way. You've done your job. Are you understand what I'm saying? You've done your job. Clearly, the person displays antagonism towards you to the extent that he doesn't even want you to greet him. You don't force yourself in that instance. You must draw the borderlines and you must compare scripture to scripture when you are applying some of these principles that Jesus is teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let me take verse 48 and it says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that perfection speaks about doing that which is right as far as it concerns you and leaving the rest. Amen? Doing that which is right and leaving the rest. Now, the blood of Jesus, I have said, speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And we are trying to go through some of those things that he does. Number one, I say the blood speaks non-retaliation. It speaks forgiveness. And I have read extensively scriptures that indicates that the voice of the blood of Jesus is different from the voice of the blood of Abel. Let this sink into our spirit, man. Number two, that the blood of Jesus or the voice of the blood of Jesus speaks grace and truth. John 1.17, the scripture says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see the comparison here? They are not the same. The law was given, and what was the law? Tooth for tooth slap for slap but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ what is grace favor that you don't deserve favor that I do not deserve so Jesus Christ brought on the table forgiveness and he brought on the table grace and he brought on the table truth and who is truth God is truth Jesus Christ is truth and the way to life is the way of truth so when we have the truth and we walk in grace we are gracious towards each other we manifest the voice of the blood of jesus the voice of jesus speaks through us when we are gracious and when we walk in truth that was why jesus told the woman at the well he said to the woman woman the time has come and it's already here. The time is coming and it's already here. 
when those who worship the Father will no longer worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem, but they shall worship in spirit and in truth. The Spirit of God is gracious. The Spirit of God is full of blessing. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, there is nothing, nothing in the Spirit of God that speaks about cursing people, hatred. It is a spirit of love. It is a spirit of grace, mercy. Hallelujah. It gives the, the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, righteousness, beautiful, beautiful images of who God is. That is where we have been called to. Don't let the blood of Abel speak through you. Let this Easter season be a time of reflecting on the voice of the blood of Jesus. The voice that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Beloved, I'm going to come your way again next week and we continue this discourse regarding the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. If you have anything against anyone, let the Holy Spirit search your heart. Don't let it cross over with you into the new season that God is bringing into your life. After this Easter celebration, you should be able to say, I am free from all bitterness. I am free from all unforgiveness. And I can feel inside of my spirit and my heart a different voice speaking. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the voice of the blood of Jesus speaking better things than the voice of the blood of Abel. Your friend, Pastor Hansen Metal, wishing you the best of the Easter season. God bless you and bye for now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, contact Reverend Metal on 0244 2390240244 Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. Your